I V M. So I've been in the F and B business for almost twelve years now, and it's funny how no matter how many times you open a new space and how many years you've been in the business. One still gets those butterflies every single time there's a new restaurant on the block. This week was extra special to me because for the first time we've opened the second space of one of our brands, which is Max Street Cafe. So wish us luck, and if you happen to be in Mumbai and in the Lower Perel neighborhood, please do drop in. Now, speaking of new beginnings, my guest today is a first-time podcast co-host on a new show on the IVM Network, and it's a show we've. All been really excited about. She's actually someone who really needs no introduction, but here goes anyway. Shweta Bachchan Nanda is the writer of a book called Paradise Towers. Has been a newspaper columnist and currently runs a clothing brand called MXS with Monisha Jaising. She's also the co-host of a podcast called What the Hell Navya, where she plays the voice of reason between two polar opposite generations and talks about topics like financial independence, parenting, stereotyping, menopause, and lots more. So join us after a quick break. Welcome to the show, Shweta. It's so great to have you here. Thank you for having me. And congratulations on your show and your podcast. How does it feel? <laughs> Thank you. Correction, it's my daughter's podcast. <laughs> We're just, um, well, unpaid labor. I yeah. Think. <laughs> so um, it feels great. It's a very new thing we've done, and uh, it feels actually really good. I'm super happy for Navya. I'm happy that people have, you know, enjoyed. What they've been listening so far, and uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Well, I've really enjoyed whatever I've listened to. Thank so you. So we all wait with bated breath every Saturday morning <laughs> for the episodes to drop. So oh. um, congratulations Thank again. Thank you. You know, I'm gonna go back a little in time and get to know you because okay. I think that there's, you know, and when I was sort of researching for this, I was like, I want to know more than what's out there. Oh, so, okay. so tell us, <laughs> what were your growing years like? You know, I mean. Sort of mentioned it in one of our podcasts that I loved my childhood because it was a very protected sort of. We were on an almost like an island in ourselves, you know. It was me, my brother. We had our four cousins, and it was just this life where we were just this big joint family and very unaware of forces outside of our four walls. So honestly, I mean, my father was doing his most prolific work at that time, and. We had no idea because my parents never allowed work into the home. They still don't, and we didn't have any access to film magazines or any of that. It was a, a very innocent sort of life. We were a little naive and you know a little gullible and very busy playing, going to school, homework, tests. My mom was a regular mom coming in for our report days and you know all of that. You know. That's really interesting, and I mean, obviously, today is a completely different situation. You know, growing up with access to everything, it's yes. not. Um, yes. But I love that you said that. You know, your parents didn't bring work home because that's something I struggle with a lot. And because we work together, and you know, it's very easy to do that. And mm-hmm. um, and I think it's such a 
an important life skill to not to consciously kind of leave work at work right. and when you're with your children focus on your children and that's something i'm really trying to get better at but uh that's but, interesting but you know i think it's also my mom stopped working while we were growing up and she focused completely um on my brother me my cousins you know running her home that became a different phase of her life and today when she's working even now whether it's you know her work as a parliamentarian or her movie work she doesn't bring it home it's just become the way things are at home so i think it's nice cuz everyone gets a bit of a break and a bit of a time to sort of come back down to earth from whatever they're doing relax and just you know it's a very i mean we're just a regular family sitting around the table or around the television set discussing things that are not work related i think that's amazing and and that's the side <laughs> that i guess people don't know and assume that it's always work you know when it comes to yours so it's lovely to hear that tell me a little bit about you and <laughs> i i guess i've always had the impression that you're sort of you know you keep to yourself a lot and you know not out there doing all the sort of interviews and you know all of that that a lot of people in you know bollywood families would and i think that that's was that hard for you is that what came to you naturally to kind of so i've always been very shy and i am someone who likes to keep to myself and i have my friends who i sort of you know i'm myself with and it's not very out there i'm not very good at pushing myself which is i don't think is something that has helped because i think when you're working today whether it's you know launching my clothing brand or or whatever you're doing you need to be able to push yourself and i see navya and i see how well she does it she does it on her terms and you know she's so good with her instagram and her social media and it's incredible i just don't know how to do it and i feel it has been detrimental to my whatever my work is whether it was my book or my clothing brand i could have been more out there and i just I'm not physically able to do it. I just can't do it. It's so mortifying for me that I think it it has been a disadvantage, but actually I go to sleep and I'm very peaceful yeah. with myself at night. So No, I, I think I think it's important to you do you, but I have to say that from a business perspective and, you know, as a hate saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway, a woman entrepreneur, people you don't realize this sometimes people really look up to you and you don't honestly i've i've sort of had people come up to me and i'm like why are they so you know interested in the things that i'm doing or saying and it's but you don't realize that you you go about your day to day work Absolutely. and you don't actually realize the impact that you're having and i think if what i've sort of learned over the last few years is that when we're in a position where we are sort of either learning or meeting people or just you know have access to things it's almost a duty to put that out there and to share it in some way and i was exactly you know like you're saying i was like i'm not doing video i still don't do video by the way <laughs> even though my team's always like you have to start doing video nothing else works and i'm like well too bad but it does take a lot i agree to you know bear yourself in a way yeah but i think the more i started doing it i realized that actually nobody cares the way i think that they care you know or is sort of judging or paying so much attention to mm-hmm. a point where you know it affects my decisions to do put things out but mm-hmm. 
actually it's appreciated more than it's judged. And I think a lot of it was in my head before I started putting things out and I started getting responses from people that were very encouraging and appreciative of me putting myself out there more. Yeah, I think it's important because, again, a woman entrepreneur is also something of a bit of an anomaly. And, you know, you have a child and you're working and you're not just doing one thing, you're doing several things. And I think it's so inspirational for women who may be even thinking that could I, should I? It's nice to see that other women are doing it and not just women who come from families where there's someone who's already out there. Like in my in, yeah. in my situation, you know, I have, you know, people say, oh, yeah, of course, her parents are famous. She has a platform, etc. Yeah, but, but just, you kind of are beyond just that. Women who don't come from that, but make their own way. It's so inspirational to see that. And you should carry on. Yeah, thank you. But, you know, and I also I would say that I think and hopefully we'll know about this by the end of the episode. But, you know, there's more to you than your name and your parents, obviously. And I think that's what is the kind of, you know, want to know. And I think that's the same that I would say in work as well. Putting The other reason I say it's important to put ourselves out there is because there's this sort of um, image that a lot of people have of us based on what we do in the public domain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they kind of aspire to that. They don't really get a glimpse of the behind the scenes, right? They always see what's at the front. And real life is also happening behind the scenes. Absolutely. It's a lot of hard work. I mean, you you make it look very easy and seamless, but I'm sure just to get here to do this podcast, you've had to juggle your kids, (laughs) your work, a hundred things. It's it's not easy. Yeah. And I think that needs to come across a lot more. Yeah. So hopefully this is the start for you as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um but you know, I mean speaking of that family name. How sort of difficult or easy, you know, has it been for you? And it's a name that's obviously so well known, so highly respected, not just in India, but around the world. How has that been for you? So again, I've mentioned this in one of the podcasts that um, as a kid, I may not have been very aware of, you know, what my father was doing. But once we got older... And, you know, your parents do sit down and they have conversations with you. It was a conversation in our home. And it's something that my parents spoke to us very, um, I thought it was very sensitively done. My father said that, you know, you're going to have the pros and the cons. And you have to see if you think the pros are more than the cons. And actually they are. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had a wonderful life, a charmed life. My parents have given me everything they could give. They started, you know, literally self-made people and they wanted to give their children the best. So I actually feel that, I mean, I'm as because I'm not in the business, for me, it's been, I've been able to retain a lot of my privacy, which I can see is the only aspect of this life that someone may have an issue with. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, I have no complaints. It's always overwhelming when someone comes and says, we love your father or we love your mother or brother. And it always makes me feel good. I'm always aware there isn't even a minute that I'm not aware of what they mean to so many people and not to disrespect that Mm -hmm. because these are the people who have put my family where they are today. They've, you know, they've seen their films, they supported their work. And so even though I'm very shy, if I'm out somewhere and someone says, can I have a picture? I will never say no, because I know it's not just me. It's it's whom I'm representing at that time. 
So always to give respect to people who, you know, who take their time and hard-earned money and go to a movie hall and watch your parents work. I think that's always been told to us. And I think it's something I've always retained. Does that mean if I'm going out, I can never really let my hair down? Because no, I can't, but it's okay. It's, you know, I can go home and let my hair down. So what has happened is, because you know that people will always look at you, will have judgments, will have their opinions. I think as a family, we're very insular. And I think we would prefer to be home on any given weekend, just spending time with each other or playing a game of charades or, you know, what have you, than maybe going out. Mm. So, yes, we have become a little insular, but, you know, it's that's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's no, nice I mean, to it's just it's navigating life yes. a little differently, yes. which is absolutely fair. And I mean, you know, for someone, and of course, not even remotely comparable, but I've been out with my daughter. So I have a nine-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I know I, I Instagram stalked Oh, you. God. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, speaking of Instagram, I mean, you know, there are times I've been out with her and someone's come up and just said, oh, you know, I love your restaurant or something. And, and she's now at that point where she's obviously seeing this, hearing this. And um, I, and then, you know, like people send things at home and things. And I'm just, I'm a little confused about how to, I guess, navigate this with her where I don't want her to start making in her own mind things up about, you know, what we do. And I mean, she's aware that we have restaurants and obviously has seen us in newspapers or magazines and things. And um, I'd love to kind of know how what you would sort of advise someone who is, you know, where she's quite impressionable. And so, you know, is it better to just kind of downplay it in a way where, you know, she doesn't start thinking her parents are celebrities, um, you know, or whatever, which, again, that's not a word that I ever kind of encourage at home. But I don't know how what's what's going through her mind and what's the best way to handle this. Honestly, the way I see it today, everyone's a celebrity. Everyone is the star of their own show. They have their own Instagram channel, whatever their own Instagram handle. But the way I see it is it's life will teach you everything you need to know. So we grew up at a time when things were really good. And then there was a time when things were really bad. My father joined politics. There was, you know, there was that whole backlash. Then, you know, he turned a corner age-wise. And suddenly, as an actor, you have to change the kind of roles you're doing. You may not, I mean, someone younger comes and they're more popular. And it's a big adjustment, not just because, you know, you're, you get used to a certain adulation, but also you have a restaurant. So the restaurant will always work. Here, my father, <laughs> my father yeah. is the business. So if yeah. you're not being getting movies, then that's your income and your only source. You are your mm-hmm. business. So mm-hmm. it's it's very difficult to sort of, you know, also understand you have to adapt, you have to change, and the best people do. And you see things, you see heights of popularity, you see throngs of people outside the gate. And then there are years when no one even bothers to, you know, take you in a movie. And we've seen that. And you realize that the highs are not real and they're not permanent and the lows aren't real and they're not permanent. So it has to be actually dealt with, I would say, very lightly. Mm. It's not something that our lives depend on or, you know, it's yes, it's there. It's a part of what we do. It's a part of work, which is why I think they never brought work home. Mm. So we weren't that affected by it. But we saw we saw it. We saw life. We saw people change. And then, you know, he did KBC and that got popular. And then. People started, you know, sort of 
coming back into our lives again. So we've seen all that. We've seen him go through a terrible phase with, you know, finance, economics, you know, and we've seen him bounce back from that. So life teaches you everything, actually. You sometimes don't even have to specifically address it. And I think most young kids today, they know more than what we did at their age. They're smarter about all this. I hope so. They are, really. We don't give them enough credit, but they are. No, and I'm very acutely aware that a lot of my social equity is linked to a restaurant that is never going to be, it's, you know, it's not permanent. And uh, No, what? No, as in it's that, you know, it's something. <laughs> it makes me feel very old. But <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, yeah, but it's just something that is, you know, it can be transitory. And that's, I just, I always have this at the back of my mind when it comes to my daughter, but that's very helpful advice. So thank you. <laughs> Let's talk about you being a writer, mm-hmm. um, an author. And was this something that you always wanted to do? How did that happen? Again, I'm always averse to doing anything that puts me out there. And uh, I've always loved reading. I've always written stories. But just for myself, even today, I write a journal. It's something I write in every night before I go to bed. And it's just something I enjoy doing. It's, you know, some people meditate. This is my way of meditating. Just distill everything in. And I love imagining different worlds. For someone who came literally from a home where you weren't really... Mm allowed out a lot, you start making up your own little sort of fantasy worlds. And it was very vibrant. And then when I was urged to start writing, it was at a time when my kids had sort of gone away to boarding school and I was home and suddenly I didn't know what to do with myself. And uh, so then this is something I channeled myself into and I enjoyed it. But I don't know if I did it full justice because, again, I don't know how to, you know, plug myself. And yeah, I mean... (laughs) I think the important thing is you did it. And, and I lack yeah. a lot. I lack discipline. I'm a, I'm a dreamer left to myself. I'm very happy to just while away the hours dreaming in my own world. So, yeah. I think, I think you know, there's no sort of um, right way of doing it. And I think it's really important to be comfortable with doing it at your pace yes. and your style and not feeling, you know, that you should do it this way or that way. And but also, being comfortable with... it's a lot of baggage when you come from a family of overachievers. It's a lot of baggage because you don't want to be mediocre then because you've only ever seen them go for the kill. You never see them be mediocre. So suddenly you're like, oh, gosh, what if, you know, I write this and it isn't that great? And I don't know, will it be embarrassing? But I think you need to get over that and and do it. And I'm glad I did it. And if I had to do it over again, I would definitely approach it in a better way. And you know, probably be able to push it a lot more, do a lot more of this. Um, Things that I'm doing for my kid now, I should have (laughs) done for myself. But, you know, that's what life is about. You learn as you go along. Are you likely to do it again? (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I just don't know. It's I've never planned anything. And uh, yeah, why not? Never say never. Exactly. You also launched your own fashion line. Yes. So, you know, you have a business. What's that been like? And, you know, what were the challenges? What's entrepreneurship been like for you? Entrepreneurship. So I started the line with Monisha Jersing, who's been doing this forever. So it was very easy. She made it very easy for me because, you know, I'm not very good with the financial side of things and all of that. So I'm more part of the creative aspect or ideas and the designing and stuff like that. So it was very good because we had separate departments. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was so nice to have somewhere to go into every day, spend that time sort of thinking, creating, 
putting down your thoughts, your ideas, your designs, putting things together, seeing something emerge out of all of this. Um, it, it has, it's, it's been a wonderful experience. So I've but enjoyed it thoroughly. Are you aware of the sort of business side of it and how I mean, it's I do. I mean, she does try to talk me through it and I'm just, I just nod my head and, and I, I, I get it. But mm-hmm. also, I'm not entirely very conversant with it. So I say, look, I'll handle this. And, you, and, and we have our own divisions and, and that's how it goes. So have you sort of faced any challenges kind of going down of course, this road? COVID has been a huge challenge. It's been a huge challenge for everybody who hires people, you know, their karigars, workshops. These are things that have to be taken into consideration. Also going for someone like Monisha, who's always had a brick and mortar store to heavily rely a lot more mm. on online. And for someone like me who doesn't understand it at all, you know, how things like Instagram, Facebook push purchasing is something we've had to learn. Mm. So it has been a challenge. And I mean, yeah, it's it's been a huge learning curve. It's not been easy. It's not been easy for a lot of people in retail. So um. We've often heard this, that the line, you'll understand this when you become a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, was that, did that hold true for you when you became a mom? Um, uh, yes and no. Yes and no, because there's some wisdoms that are older than even time. And I mean, my children keep telling me you're turning into your mother. I hope you know that. And I say, yes, I am. But you don't know. And they don't mean that as a compliment. Uh, <laughs> sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. They're like, this is something Nani would have said, you're turning into your mother. So I think we all eventually, if you're a mom, you eventually morph into your mother. And it may not be such a bad thing. You understand a lot of where she's coming from. And uh, sometimes you wish that, okay, maybe I should have not given her such a tough time or maybe I shouldn't have been so difficult. And a lot of the times I tell my children, oh my, I think in my head, you know, this is what my payback, this is karma for what I did. <laughs> When they're driving me nuts and they do that very often, I say, oh gosh, this is karma. And my mother will just sit there and say, I told you, I told you, it's going to come back. Karma's a bitch. And it it did come back. You know, it's funny. I had my mom on this show as a guest. I don't know what I was thinking to voluntarily do that. And we were recording it online at that time because it was still in the middle of lockdown. I don't think the studio had opened. And... um, before we even started recording, she went nuts because she was like, I said, oh, you know, you're supposed to wear headphones and um, can you sort of press record? And and she was just going nuts. So we didn't start on a good note. And I think that was probably one of my, my <laughs> most disastrous episodes because I just got like bashed up, which doesn't normally happen, obviously. But you know, it's what I've, of course, there's a lot of, you know, who I am today that I owe to of course. my mother, you know, of course, my parents, but my mother for just being this real, you know, just being very, I guess, I don't want to say ambitious for us, but, you know, just wanted the best for us, obviously, like any parent would. But um, just in, but actually kind of doing it through the exposure and, you know, the, the, just giving us all this opportunity, right? And um, so I'm extremely grateful, but I'm also kind of acutely aware that, you know, she grew up or had us in a very different generation from today. And it's taken me a a while to just accept that. And so not kind of be, not kind of take the bait when, Mm. you know, she will naturally say what she thinks on certain things that I'm doing. And so she's an artist and worked from home, you know, because her studio was at home. And so she was always there when we came home from school or whatever. And, you know, that thing of, 
you should be there maybe when you know Dia comes, comes home from school, school. and I obviously have a you know full time job, and that's not always possible. And it really bothered me for a while till I kind of just learned to make my peace with it. And um, you know, so I think it's so important for me today in my relationship with my mom in terms of recognizing that you know focus on the good stuff and don't let the yeah. things that grate you kind of grate you. I guess yep. and. It's a different generation, but uh, yeah, we all have a bad days, yes, I guess. <laughs> yes, no, 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 but I get what you're saying because there's certain things that my mom will also, I mean, she'll say it because obviously they don't hold back. She'll say, I think you should have done this this way, but I mean, they're my children and all the mistakes are going to be mine and all the good boy parts are going to be mine as well. So, I mean, I think she's wise enough to give me that space to process that advice the way I want or not. And she doesn't take it badly. But yeah, I mean, there's always advice. You know, why are you doing this? Okay, this. Maybe you should do this. It's up to me whether I take it or not. Absolutely. And <laughs> you learn, right? Yeah. That's the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. But you know, just talking, going back to the point about you being shy and sort of, you know, you feel like you're not sort of putting yourself out there as much. I mean, you you have like, you know, just even if it's in doing, writing a book or, you know, putting your the creativity out there in the form of clothing or whatever you know you are doing that and of course now you're seeing Navya do it through the podcast yes. and you know what does that feel like like you know seeing her I mean you you talked about it earlier that you know you're very proud of how she's managing it but you know what's that what's that sort of felt like seeing her kind of come into her own now with and she's obviously also a businesswoman and um it's wonderful I'm I'm absolutely thrilled I don't know if I've ever been someone who's ever wanted you know, I've never had set these grand goals that I need to achieve by this age and that, but I know she has. And I really want her to achieve every single one of them. And I want her to enjoy the process. And I think she is. She makes time for a lot of things in her life. And I think it's important. I love the way she's going about it. And I'm happy to support her with, you know, whatever she wants to do. Honestly, I have no complaints with how Navya has managed to sort of gather herself up from really, you know, she was an average student. She'd work hard. She did, you know, she'd had high school. She did college. She graduated. And suddenly, I, I just, I don't know what happened. It was, it was during the lockdown. She just suddenly blossomed into this person and she became very much her own person. And I see also her personality changing. Navya has always been someone who would want to please everyone. You know, she was a typical people pleaser and running herself ragged. But today I see that she will do what makes her happy. She puts herself before others a lot more. And I think that's a great thing because someone who's juggling the amount of things she's doing, you need to have that. You need to be a little selfish. Otherwise, people are just going to steamroll, steamroll you. And especially if you're a woman, mm -hmm. because you're not just expected to work, you're also expected to have a very sorted private life. So if you're a working mother, you're expected to be a great businesswoman, but your child is also expected to be well adjusted. Now there's going to be a little bit of slip between the cup and Absolutely. the lip because you can't always be everything to everyone. And that's okay. You know, and I see that Navya is learning to understand that. And she may not be the tidiest and the most <laughs> organized in that way, but I let it pass because I just see the amount of work she's doing and how passionate she is about it. And I think if, I mean, here I am, 
And if I can't help her with these things, then what am I really doing? And I think that's where women need to come in and help each other, not just say, oh, but you're 25 and you're nowhere near getting married and having a kid. That is not something I've ever forced her or even told her. In fact, I always tell her, not before 30, not before you have enough money in your bank account. Mm. It's very important to me. You know, it's uh, what you're saying is you sound actually, I mean, you sound like my mom who I don't think she said it that way. But I think she always made me very aware of the importance of being financially independent. I think, you know, it's interesting that you talk about financial independence because that's the one thing that for some reason my mother did make me. It was something that, you know, I don't think she was saying it to me that it's important to be, but it just was something that got ingrained in me from a pretty young age. And um, so, you know, I've always had jobs through college and, you know, saved up and made investments. And it was just something that I felt was, it empowered me in a way, right? Like, even if it wasn't something that I meant I could like go off and do my own thing. But it's funny because it also has this flip side. And I'm sort of saying this because after getting married, sometimes that financial independence almost makes you like a little too independent in a way. And uh, it's, again, you know, something that my husband sort of, we talk about that a little bit where, you know, about finding that balance between financial independence and yet sort of understanding compromise. And that's just something that, you know, again, when I sort of, I mean, Dia's too young, but when you're talking about, you know, your Navya, that's just, you know, it's something that I've learned along the way. And I'm sort of aware of that now that, you know, I have my own business and I'm married. So, yeah, I don't know if she's ever thought about it, but I guess she's not thinking marriage right now. No, so, I mean, I hope she isn't. Yeah. <laughs> she's still too young. But, you know, I know what you're saying, but I'd rather it be this yeah. for my child than the other way around where she may have to put up and accommodate yeah. a little too much because she doesn't have the financial Absolutely. independence I would actually wish that for every woman the world over. 100%. A lot of women are controlled because they don't have financial independence or they're not very conversant with finance. They, you know, they don't know where the money is going. Yeah. And I don't think it's a good thing for women. Yeah. And it's also important to know that you can go out there and you can make your own money and you can support. Absolutely. You can support even if it is you want to buy something, even if it is a something as small as shopping. It's always nice to know you've made that money Mm -hmm. yourself. And it gives you a kind of strength and power that, honestly, nothing else in this world can. I agree. And I also think that, you know, when you make your own money and then spend it, you don't have a problem spending it because you know you can make more. And whereas when you kind of don't, it's sort of, you're like, you know, is it going to run out? And I think that that's um, just as as a mindset, it's so important. So I don't know if you know, I was a chartered accountant in my no, I previous avatar. Didn't come up in my stalking. <laughs> I don't post much about it, I have to admit. No, so before I got into the restaurant business with my husband, I uh, worked as a tax consultant in a oh, CA wow. for nine years. And it's funny when people ask me, you know, uh, what's the one thing you'll tell people? And I'm, I'm like, learn how to do your taxes. Because, yes. you know, if you know how to do your taxes, you know where the money's coming from, you know how you can reduce your taxes and make savings and you know, and it's it seems like a really boring and dull thing to do, but um, it's so important. And I'm, you know, I'm just reiterating this because... I agree with you. I feel like, you know, in schools, they'll have home economics and they'll teach you how to make bread, but they won't teach you how to do your taxes. They won't teach you how to sell the bread. You know, they, <laughs> yeah. won't, they won't teach you that. And yeah. I think it's so important. I mean, 
I don't have much use for algebra and and all of that, but I would have had use yeah. for more practical math, you know, for things like this. And I just wish it would be a part of your curriculum because yeah. a lot of people need to know. And and again, we're talking about adjustments with money and, you know, husband-wife dynamic. And I feel that you always need a very confident and empowered man to handle a woman who makes her own money. But it's not the same the other way around, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you expect the woman to just deal with it that she is not making the money and she's completely dependent. Even if she wants to book a ticket and go somewhere, mm -hmm. she has to ask. And it is humiliating sometimes, Absolutely. you know, because then the other person can always turn around and say no. And then where does that leave you? And men don't really have to deal with that. Yeah. I mean, today I see there are a lot more people who have, you know, maybe their house husbands and they don't earn as much or don't earn at all. And the wife brings in the money, which is fine. But then they say, oh, you need to be a very confident man to handle it. But you never say you need to be a very confident mm -hmm. woman to have to deal with it all the time. That yeah. shouldn't be so. I would not want that for Navya. Yeah. And honestly, if it means that she never really marries, it's fine. <laughs> I really, I rather just have her with me yeah. and, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Rather she have that financial independence and if it makes her a little difficult to live with and no one wants to marry her, well, they're lost. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, I, and even sort of applying this to business, you know, I tell everyone that even when, you know, you might be like in our business, you might be a chef and so you're in the kitchen, you you know how to do your thing there, but always sort of have a basic understanding of accounts because, yeah. You should never be so dependent on someone. And this is kind of an analogy with, yeah. you know, the husband-wife relationship. But you should never be so dependent on someone that you don't even know what questions to ask. Yeah. And they're just telling you, you know, what's happening and you're blindly following it. And again, yeah. I can't sort of reiterate this strongly enough how important it is to at least know enough to, yeah. you know. I agree. Yeah. And I know this because I'm that person. I'm not financially independent, never have been. And I really don't know much about all of this stuff. And it's not what I would want for my daughter. I mean, for me to now, you know, and very often my son, Agastya, will say, Mama, you should check your bank account and you should see, you should know what's going on in your bank account. You don't know anything. And I say, yes, yes, I will. But it's just easy for me to just let someone else handle it. I'm not very good with mm -hmm. numbers. But I know that both my children are very well aware of both their accounts. And it's not just Agastya, it's even Navya. And when they start earning, they know what they want to put aside. And it is a conversation at home. You know, a lot of parents don't have this conversation with their kids. But uh, they'll say, this money I'm keeping aside for things I want to buy. This money is what maybe, you know, sometimes dad gives me. So this I want to use for this. And they know where they want to park their money, where they want to use it, what they want to use it for. And they always say, eventually to buy our own house and move out from you. And I say, oh, okay, you do that. That's step one. And then you'll be back in a week because you won't know how to run it. And then they say, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, in one of your recent articles, in you mentioned how you, you know, you've talked about not being financially independent. And you've actually been quite honest about this. And even today, I mean, I'm really kind of, uh, I, I really applaud this. I think that it's, it's, it's very rare to have people talk about this openly enough. And it's a cautionary yeah. tale. Yeah, it's not something anyone should follow. It is something that people should be aware of and just know, know what's going on, even if you don't want to be an earning member of the family. Know what's going on with the finances Absolutely. of your home. You know, just know that 
where the money is going. A lot of times you hear these terrible stories where suddenly the whole business is yeah. bust and the wife had no idea because she had no idea of what was going on with the money. And and we've seen this actually happen, you know, with very smart, sort of high-powered yes. women yes. in business. And we've seen this in the news. And when you just sit there, you're just like, how? You know, you of all people, one would expect to know this. And um, yeah, again, can't sort of stress this enough, enough, I guess. For, you need to. It's actually, I think for a woman, it's one of the most important educations to have is to know how to manage your money. And women are good money managers. My mother says it all the time because every housewife yeah. has a budget and her home runs within that budget. So why men don't come in and say, okay, this is what's going on at work or this is where I'm struggling. You never know. You never know. You may have someone who's so astute. Yeah who can sort of just tell you where to make the cuts and changes because she's doing it every day in her home. Something is more expensive, so we won't buy that. This vegetable vendor has, you know, better rates. Yeah. And it's actually, it's a lot of common sense. But I feel like I need to do a whole episode on on sort of, you know, financial yes. independence and how to do it because yes, it's, you please. may have the will, but, you know, knowing where to go, who to go to, you know, how, where to even start, right? And yeah. uh, and I, I think that it's about time. And I mean, we need time. to make it easier yeah. for women. Yeah. We need to make it easier for women to access accounts. A lot of women don't even, aren't even co-signatories yeah. in their husband's account. We need to make it easier for women to access, you know, money when they need it. Yeah. So. No, there's need for an, yes. a systemic change at large. So, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mindset change. Yeah. What are your future plans? Anything exciting we can look forward to? Um, I mean... As I said, never say never. So there's nothing really planned as such. I just feel right now my kids are back and they are starting, you know, just starting work and just getting started in a life. And I feel like suddenly, and it's not something they've ever asked me, but I just feel my whole life has changed. I had a whole bunch of years where I was, you know, almost footloose, fancy free doing what I wanted. And they were this is when they were them. away. Yes. Yeah. And now they're back and I just feel for the next few years, I need to be around. I need to be there when they come home and they say, okay, this is happening. And they just need someone to talk to. I, I don't think I can advise either on them on either of their, you know, career decisions or choices or paths. But just to have me there to just bounce things board, off yeah. of. And, you know, sometimes when you say something out loud, you yourself understand what you want to do. So just... To have that and just someone to just make sure they're eating on time and they're, you know, doing what they need to do because their heads are all over the place and they're all in this rush and they want to do things and make something out of their lives. And so I, I just feel I need to be there for a bit right now. And maybe I want to take that back seat and give this time to them. So I think that's where I'm at moment. Well, I think being a sounding board is a very, very big <laughs> responsibility and uh, and definitely... You know, it's very important. And, and you know, when you were saying, when you were talking just now, I was just thinking that you don't really always need to know about someone's, the specifics of their business. And, you know, a lot of it um, is intuitive. And I, you know, not being from the restaurant background, have learned pretty much everything on the job or using sort of applying common sense, yeah. making mistakes along the way. But I think it's important to have support while you're doing that so you can get back up and keep going. Yeah. So I, I also feel like, so motherhood also has a phase, you know, you in the beginning where your daughter's at at 9, 10, where you still need to sort of, you know, be a lot more hands on. 
And then I highly recommend this when they start turning 14, you have to let them be. You just have to back off because those fights are not worth it. They are just, you know, it's a lot of hormones. It's a lot I'm of so new ideas. I'm now. I just like, don't I can't be. imagine this. Please don't be. You have to pick your battles, you know. So some things are going to work and some things are not. And it is a phase. And I've been through it. I've been through it with both my kids. There's a lot of screaming and shouting and crying. I couldn't even imagine that right now. It's, oh, it's, it happens. Yeah, yeah. It happens. And, you know, suddenly you feel that there's no value for you. And it's all my friends, my friends and, you know, this and that. and and you feel you'll never emerge on the other side. But at that point, you have to step back and you have to get a little bit of, I mean, you already have a thriving life of your own apart from the family unit. So that's important to just say, okay, it's going to pass and it will. And then they come back to you when they're in their early 20s and they need you then again. So it is a cycle and you know when to you know, step back and when to go back in full throttle. But was it hard for you to kind of, because what age did they go off to uh, 13. That must have been hard. It I can't imagine. It was very hard. I was, yeah. I was a wreck. I was, I didn't know what to do with myself. I actually, you know, for the first time in my life had anxiety attacks. I would just sit there and say, oh gosh, what am I going to do with my life? I mean, I have no one to plan for, no one to send off here or there. And then you have to pick yourself up and you have to start doing things for yourself which I loved. And then they came back. <laughs> and now I'm like, I'm not used to having yeah. you here in my space all the time. So please just <laughs> go away for, I just need my space, you know, just stop crowding yeah. me. My kids have this habit, they come home and then wherever I am, they want to come and sit there and then they want to talk and they think I have something great to tell them every day. I don't. I just want to read my book. I don't want to see your faces for a couple of hours. Is that possible? No, it's not possible. <laughs> so it happens. You, it, They do come back. Don't be afraid. It, it's fine. I mean, everyone's had to deal with it. Well, <laughs> well so far, so good. And we all survive. I'm yeah. sure I've done the same to my, yes. Yes. <laughs> my mother. <laughs> so, um, yeah. but anyway, we'll look forward to it. We're going to take a quick break before we enter the last segment of the show. So stay tuned. Welcome back. And uh, I have Shweta Ananda with me. So um, I'm going to ask you sort of all the things that we haven't been talking about. And okay. that's a quick rapid fire. Great. So what's your go-to comfort food? Uh, Rajma Chawal. Oh, okay. Oh, I've actually heard this <laughs> as being a thing on the show. Yeah. Where you, you guys go home, straight home to Rajma Chawal. Yeah. So, okay, that's not a shocker. A great book you've read. I know you're a big reader. So Oh, gosh. There's so many, but my constant are all the Jane Austen novels. Persuasion is my favorite of all time. And then there's Wuthering Heights. Oh, I love wow. these two books. Wow, In fact, you're into like, the classics, clearly. Yes, yeah. every time I, I travel and I see something with like, you know, one of those decal edge, really beautiful covers. <laughs> and I know I have them back home, but I can't resist. I'm like, no, I have to have this and this. This version as well. So are you a big fan of like Downton Abbey and uh, like all of these yes, the shows? That yes, have, yeah, yes, I, yeah, am. Yeah. I am. I'm a sucker for all of those <laughs> kind of shows. Um, what would you say has been the best investment you've made in your journey so far? I think it would be my investment in my children. The time I've given them, I don't think has ever been wasted. So yeah, my kids. Who have been your role models? Okay, so... I mean, I don't think you're expecting this, but sports women. Oh. I'm really, I marvel at them because, you know, first of all, because of our physicality, it's always like, oh, women are not as tough. They're not as strong. 
But when you see sports women, they're like forces of nature. And I'm not very sporty. So when I see women going out there and excelling on that level, I'm just fascinated by them and the discipline it takes. There's a lot of these women, especially the ones in our country, who don't have that kind of infrastructure. I mean, you know, they're cooking, they're running, they're doing their exercise, they're training. And it's just amazing. They're like superheroes. It's you true. know, just so for me, those would be my biggest role models. Very interesting. Last, but definitely not the least. <laughs> what's your definition of success? Happiness and contentment, I think. You can have a lot of money in the bank and be miserable. And you can really be just scraping by mm. and be very, very happy. So as long as you're happy and you're comfortable in your skin, I think you're a successful person. <laughs> Pritha, it's been so much fun having you on and the likewise. show. And thank you so much for making the time. And um, I don't think I've had so much fun talking about the whole <laughs> mother-daughter relationship. Um, the last time, like I said, was with my mother. So it wasn't <laughs> half as much fun. But um, I really enjoyed this. And, you know, thank you for being so candid. And um, oh, thank of you. course, sharing thank your experiences. You for, it's, been, it's been wonderful for me as well. And uh, look forward to doing it again, maybe sometime. Great. <laughs> thank you. It's funny how we all compare our lives to that of celebrities and think they have it so good. In fact, after my conversation with Shweta today, it would seem that when it comes to the issues that really matter, like family, work, financial independence and happiness, the fact is, no matter who you are and what you do, we all have it just the same. I hope you enjoyed tuning in today. Do catch the earlier episodes when you get a chance. And more importantly, I would love to hear from you with your thoughts on the show. You can find me on Instagram at Gauri Devideal or on Twitter at Gauri Details or LinkedIn. Either way, sit back and relax because this round is on me.